if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Have, have you guys heard this saying before? If you're a regular attender at ECC, you probably have because it is a regular attender at ECC. I feel like we say it often because it's true. If you want to get something done quickly, then do it yourself and do it alone. But if you want to go far, if you want to do something meaningful, at some point, you got to involve those meddlesome other people, right? You got to get those pesky other people because they become necessary. You see, people have a desire, a need, a basic part of us that requires community. We are wired to need those pesky other people. American psychologist Abraham Maslow even identifies this in his lovely hierarchy of needs pyramid. If you take a look at it, you'll see he, he identifies what people need in order to thrive. And in this pyramid, he says that we need things like belonging and love just after those basic needs like uh, food, water, shelter, and safety. It is clear, even from a psychological perspective, that we are wired to need one another. We are wired for community. And it's not just psychologists that get this. Even the great thinker Freddie Mercury understands this. <laughs> In the words of Queen, can somebody find me somebody to love? Have you ever read these lyrics? I mean, listen to this. He says, each morning I get up and I die a little. I can barely stand on my feet. Take a look in the mirror at yourself and cry. Take a look in the mirror and cry. Lord, what are you doing to me? I've spent all my years believing in you, but I can't get no relief for it, Lord. Why? Because he needs somebody to love. Well, Freddie Mercury gets it. Countless other songs and popular movies get it. The fact is we all want somebody to love and to be loved in return. We all want to know that somebody sees us and gets us, and we want that with others as well. We have this deep need to connect intimately and vulnerably with one another. And yet, the problem is we have to connect with other people. <laughs> and other people are hard to connect with. We would much rather retreat behind the safety of a text message or an email than have a face-to-face -face conversation. And don't even get me started on knocking on somebody's door. <laughs> there were literal shivers that went through the room, if you couldn't tell. Well, I know that doesn't describe everyone. Some people are much more comfortable with that than others. But what does describe all of us is we all face this pandemic of loneliness. There are moments in our lives, and for some of us, that describes a lot of our lives, where we feel alone, we feel unseen, we feel disconnected. And that's not how we were made. You see, from cover to cover of our Bibles, we see that man was designed from the beginning for community. From the beginning, in Genesis chapter 2, we see it is not good for the man to be alone. God creates Adam and identifies you need other people. You should not be by yourself. And then all the way to the very words of Jesus, what does he consistently remind us? In the book of John chapter 13, he says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Jesus tells his disciples that people should know followers of Jesus by the love that they have in their community. There should be no place on earth where there is as much connection and belonging as the church. There should be nowhere like it. And sometimes that is 100% the case. 
I have seen times where churches and communities and small groups have come around people in their hardest of times and carried them through. I have seen people loved who are hard to love by the church, not because they did anything to deserve it, but because people have said, I'm going to love you and we're going to make you a part of this community. I've seen people celebrated and carried, and when it works, it is beautiful. And and honestly, that's our dream for Emmanuel. Our dream, and we think God's dream for the church, is for it to look like this, that everyone would find their place and find their people in the community of God in the church. And the problem is, if it worked like that, this would just be a celebration. We'd be like, yay, great job, everybody. I'm glad everyone feels so connected. Great work. Let's go home. But so many of us still feel lonely, still feel disconnected. Too many people don't feel like they belong and end up slipping out the back door. In fact, that's the most common door for many churches. After the front door, it's the back door. You know, I'm a pretty outgoing person. People describe me as uh, boisterous, energetic, extroverted. And yet, I often find myself looking for the back door. In social situations where I get uncomfortable, rather than press through it, I'll just find another one that's easier. When I moved to Minnesota in 2013, I had no idea how hard it would be to break into the Minnesotan culture. See, You've heard of Minnesota nice, and you people are nice, like really nice. Like it's really real. Minnesota nice is true. And so is the Minnesota ice. (laughs) We did a sermon series on it. It's got to be true. The truth is there's this Minnesota nice, this nice fluffy snow that you can build a snowman out of and have a snowball fight, and it's, it's great. But breaking through that to the real relationships, there's a thick layer to get through to that. It's a lot harder to get through than it is just to experience the nice outer small talk. And the truth is, it's hard to break in anywhere. That's not unique to Minnesota, but there's something about the nice culture here that makes it hurt even more when people are so kind, but you feel so alone. And sometimes we just want to slip out the back door and say, it's too hard to make connections. I'll try somewhere else. And we end up trying and trying and never making those deep relationships that we need, that God has designed us for. Well, it's a two-way street, right? It can be hard to break through the Minnesota ice, and it can be hard to invite people in, and yet it's what we have to do. If we're going to get through this pandemic of loneliness and be the church that God calls us to do, we got to find a way to break the ice and do it. And so let's do that. And so maybe you haven't broken in and you're saying, I'm trying to break through the ice. Or maybe you've got your people. You got to break your own. You got to cut the hole and go ice fishing here. You got to help somebody out. Because as scary as it is to break into a new community, it's also scary to invite someone in to a community that you have. This message is for all of us. Whether you've got your people or you're still looking, there's a step that we need to take to make this place, to make our church, to make God's church a more belonging community. And it's not just us. Paul has to remind the Galatian church of the same thing, right? He goes in and says, hey, guys, we're all equal under the cross. There's no slave or free or rich or poor. There's nobody easy or hard to love. There's no political left or right or whatever label you want to throw on, not at the foot of the cross. At the foot of the cross, we are all people who deserve to feel like they belong in God's church and to be seen by others. 
And so whether you are um, well-connected or you're still working on it, we have an onus, we have a responsibility to connect with one another and break that ice up. You know, we've begun this series after yes, where we walk through these six essentials, these six parts of discipleship that we think it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And last week, Pastor Chris invited us to explore this continuum on discovering a more transformational relationship or walk with God. He said, this is the keystone that it's all built around. And this week, we get to look at another one of those essentials, the connect essential. We believe it is essential, not only that you discover this walk with God, but that you connect with others in meaningful ways. And we have this neighbor to guest, to regular, to friend, to family continuum here. And I would argue that after discover, this is the next biggest one because this one bleeds into all the others. You can't serve or reach out or, or want to give or leave a legacy by yourself. You want to do these in community with others. So the more connected you get, the more you can bleed into these other things that we'll be talking about in this series. Well, I have some good news if you're joining us for the first time for this message. You've already made it from step one to step two. You've already gone from a neighbor to a guest. Neighbors are the people around us that we haven't met yet. But by joining us today, whether it's here at Studio Church or online, you've gone from a neighbor to a guest. Welcome. You did it. I'm proud of you. We hope that all of our, yeah, you can cheer. That's amazing. We want everybody, we want all of our neighbors to come and become our guests. But we just hope that you don't end up staying there. If you are a guest with us, we want to invite you to not just be anonymous. Don't just slip out the back door after the service. I know you're watching online. I mean, don't just disappear into your house and never contact us. We want to know that you exist. If you were new at Studio Church, I would be saying the same thing. There's a online connect card that you can fill out at emmanuel.church slash next, and that'll go to our connections lead, Katie. And she would love to just say, hey, welcome, and ask, how do we get you more connected? Katie is an amazing resource for all of us. If you want to get more connected, shoot her an email, katie at emmanuel.church, and say, I want to get more connected. And she'll say, great, let's figure that out. That is one option that we have. And yet, for those of you who call Emmanuel home, I saw a lot of like, oh, smile and nods here. Well, you're not off the hook. It's not all on Katie, okay? Yes, she's our connections lead, but she shouldn't be the only one that's connecting new people. That's not a belonging community. That's not a nice community. That is like a, a terrifying job for one single human being. Not everyone's going to like Katie as much as we do, okay? So you might need to step in. Katie, I'm just kidding. We love you. <laughs> but the truth is, while that is Katie's job, it is all of our job to help people get connected here and to create a community of belonging. Do you know the story for how Katie got connected here? Some of you might, but uh, for those of you who don't, Katie visited with her family uh, around this time last year. And my wife and I sat one row behind them. And Bethany, my wife, saw them, a new family with some young kids, looking at a new church. And I sat there next to her, unhelpful, oblivious as her pastor husband, <laughs> while she, after the service, went up and said, hey, are you guys new? and introduced herself to Katie and her family and said, hey, I remember what it was like church shopping. Can I give you my number? And if you need help connecting or if you have any questions, just shoot me a text and I'll help you. I don't know if you guys know Bethany, my wife, but if you don't, it's probably because she's fine not knowing you. She, she is an introvert. 
She doesn't need more people. Talking to people is not her favorite thing. It is draining. She's great as long as she gets to come to church and go home and doesn't have to talk to anybody. And yet she was willing, when she saw someone who needed connection, to do something that is not natural for her. What's your excuse? How hard is it to say, hey, I haven't met you. My name is Dan. If you join us on Sunday, if you somehow watch this message and are there, we're going to be handing out name tags just for that Sunday. This is not a thing we're going to do all the time. But it's a thing that helps when we're talking about connection to say, hey, learn somebody's name. If you don't know it, this is your one opportunity, right? It's written on their shirt. But it's really not that hard to say, I'm sorry, maybe we've met before. Remind me what your name is. That's a chance to be vulnerable and build some meaningful connection. And it's a lot better than staying safe and saying, well, I don't know their name, so I'm never going to talk to them ever. (laughs) If we could just go back and put ourselves in the shoes of a guest, what would you want? Yeah, sometimes we want to sneak in and out and have nobody talk to us so we can like check out the church. But in reality, we'd all rather have someone come up, make us a little bit uncomfortable, and then we get to go home and say, they noticed I was here. And so if you're a guest joining us for the first time online, please fill out that Connect card. Please shoot us an email. Please don't disappear out the proverbial back door. But come back and let us help you belong here. I also want to say sorry if I just empowered an army of extroverts to hunt down every new person aggressively. Uh, That is not what we want. Uh, I'm not asking you to make business cards and hand them out to every person you don't know saying, hello, this is my name. Please talk to me. Like, we don't want to be scary, and yet we want to be welcoming. I think you guys are mature enough to find that balance. And so, please, introduce yourself to someone you don't know. If you're new, don't slip out the back door. And I know some guests are just checking out for this sermon, or they're visiting with friends, or have their own reasons. They're not ready to make this home. But we want to invite you, if you're ready, if you're considering, come back and let us help you get more connected. And if you're joining us online, which you are if you're watching this, but if that's your primary community, know that we're constantly looking for more ways to level up our our connection online. We have some online-only small churches that are meeting uh, at this time just through Zoom that have space. And so if that's something you're interested in, contact Katie. If you just feel a little bit disconnected, shoot me and Katie an email, and we'll find ways to make sure you feel seen and known because you are a part of this church if you call Emmanuel home. No one should feel alone after being a guest at ECC. Amen? Amen. All right, well, let's make it happen. You all said amen. It's up to you now. Well, uh, finally, if you want to take a step forward toward big church, but you're not ready for that, join us here on Tuesday nights. It's a fun community, and I only pick on them a little bit during the sermon. So, um, Anyway, so we invite any of our neighbors to become guests here at Emmanuel. That is a great first step that you can take. And once you're our guest, it's not a huge leap to go from guest to regular. It just means doing what you've already done, showing up, but doing it intentionally, doing it again, coming back and coming back, and then you've become a regular. You're a part of our community. And if you're a regular, if that's you, if this isn't your first time, but you've been a couple times, and you haven't talked to Katie, our connections lead, or haven't introduced yourself to the staff, or honestly haven't talked to the person you've sat next to for the past five weeks, introduce yourself to somebody, because we want to be able to greet you by name. We want this to be a place where someone sees you and lights up and says, hi, we're so glad that you're here. 
And somewhere between guests and regular, there's this thing that starts to happen. Because once you're greeted by name, once people know who you are, you can slowly begin to feel like a friend. And friends are friends to someone and are friends in return. Friends feel like they belong. God wants all of us to feel like we belong. Do you believe that? God wants us to feel like we belong. The church doesn't have an exclusionary clause. It doesn't say nobody's welcome. It says everyone is welcome. Come and join us if you're willing to follow Jesus. And so no one should feel like they don't belong in our doors. God wants you to belong. You know, it's that sense of belonging, that sense of being a part of something. That's the inverse of being alone. It's what happens in the book of Ruth, if you know this story, where Naomi and her family end up going to a distant land of Moab and marrying, her sons end up marrying into this culture, and Ruth is one of the women that is married. And after the sons die and, her husband, and Naomi's husband dies, Naomi's all set to go home, and Ruth looks at her and has developed this bond, this connection with her, and she says, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. That's the kind of relationships that we long for. Those people that are in your corner no matter what, especially if they're in your corner around Jesus, if it's a corner that is identified by the cross, because then you know it doesn't matter if I say the wrong thing because we're both in this for the glory of Jesus. It doesn't matter if I do something stupid because this person loves me regardless of what I've done. That's the kind of community that we want, and that is what the church is able to offer when we follow Jesus and we love one another. You know, Ruth and Naomi don't agree on everything. I can't imagine that they do. What mother-in-law and daughter-in-law have you seen that agree on everything? And yet, these two women, as widows, survive in the ancient Near East because of their bond with one another, and then as they slowly rely on the community around them. That is the kind of community I hope we can be, and we can be here at Emmanuel if we're willing to be vulnerable and connect with one another. And so I hope that if you're a regular here, you don't just get stuck at attending, but you find your place and you find your people. I hope that you take the step of making this a place where you can connect and contribute. You know, this, this continuum and these continuums are super cool because they all end up connecting with one another. As our guests or even as a regular, we just hope you come and get used to who we are. We just want you to know what's going on here and, and make this maybe a place you'd consider putting down roots. But once you've become that regular, once you want to take a step toward being friends with us, you get to do all the other things on the continuum. You get to start looking, hey, is there a place I can serve? Is there a place that I can reach out into the community? What are you guys doing? Is there a way I can make more connections with people? And I've got good news and I've got bad news for you. I usually go with the bad news first, so that's what I'm going to do for you. The bad news is that we do not have pre-frozen community here that we can just hop, pop on the grill and hand over. This is not a spiritual McDonald's. And so if you're here hoping that you can just get connected immediately, I'm sorry, the ice is real. You're going to have to work at it. But the good news is that we have some real tangible action steps that you can take to put yourself in contact with other people who desperately need community like you do. And so whether you're a regular or you're further along on, on the continuum, or even if you're one of our guests, here are some steps you can take to get more connected. You can go to an event 
we have a small church connect that happens every other Thursday. It just happened this past Thursday. It'll happen in two weeks here. It's a great way to get plugged into other people. If, if a full-on small church is too big for you, you can check that out. You can sign up for Compassion Connect happening on April 22nd. Another great opportunity to serve the community, meet a real need, but also get put in contact with other people from our church and other churches who are doing that. You can come on April 1st for the March Madness and Family Game Night that's happening here where they're going to watch basketball and play some board games and it sounds like a good time all the way around. We're trying to regularly provide these opportunities and so maybe one of those is for you. Or maybe you need to take it a step further. Maybe if you've been a regular for a while and you want deeper connections, this is the year you put Man Church in the fall on your calendar and you commit, I'm going to make it happen. Maybe this is the year your family goes to Juarez on the family trip and visits our friends at Emmanuel Children's Home. You could register right now for that. There's a lot of options if you're a regular and you want to get more connected. But here's one you could do here in this room. If, if Studio Church is anything like Sunday morning, you're sitting in the same spot that you sit every week. And some of you don't know someone who is sitting in the same spot that they sit every week that is not that far. Now, none of you guys put on name tags, which I understand, except for Talis and, and Becca. Thank you. <laughs> okay, there's a few. I take it all back. Thank you. Um, Sam is pointing at his name tag. Okay, I take it all back. Uh, but if you don't know someone here, this is a small, tight-knit community. Introduce yourself. Take a step. If you end up joining us on Sundays and you're just watching this online, turning to the person that you sit next to most weeks that you don't know the name of is a small step you can take. I know that's not Minnesotan culture, but is an opportunity to be vulnerable and make a connection. We all need to take a step on this continuum. We all need to take a step on the connect continuum. We all have more connection that we need or someone that we need to help make a connection in the name of the love of Jesus Christ. And for some of us, we're already exposed to a lot of different opportunities to connect. Some of you are already in small churches. Some of you already know the people you're sitting around, and yet you still feel some of that loneliness. You still feel alone. I want to invite you, if that's you, you may already have opportunity to connect in your life, but you're not willing to be vulnerable. I want to encourage you to share something real with somebody. Talk about what's going on in your marriage. Share where you're struggling. Say something real and be the true community of God. Because what we can do that not everyone can do is come before the cross together and say, God, this is too big for us, but it's not too big for you. So don't miss that opportunity either. Maybe that's the step that you need to take. I'm not here to, to mandate how you have to connect. I'm just trying to come up with ideas because all of us face this loneliness and all of us either need more connections or can help others who feel alone. And no Christian should have to make it through the Christian life alone. We're not called to a monastic experience if we're here in this room. And even the monks had each other, guys. Come on. We need connection. And so here's the challenge that I've hinted at, but maybe haven't come out and said. If we all have a step to take, and if you've already got your people, are you willing to help someone else find theirs? If you've already got your people, are you willing to help someone else find theirs? Maybe you need to reach out to someone you don't know and learn their name. Maybe it's that person who sits across from you every week. Maybe it's your neighbor that you've never talked to because like, 
people don't do that in your neighborhood. Maybe you need to take a step. Maybe you need to invite someone who's on the periphery into your group, into your small group, into your group of friends, into your mom's club, whatever it may be. Maybe you need to invite someone in, which is terrifying. I have done it because relationships, groups like that are like cooking, right? You've got this thing that you like, and if you add the wrong spice, all of a sudden your soup tastes like lavender, and that's a problem. And yet sometimes it unexpectedly makes everything better. You don't know. And if we're willing to follow Jesus and someone needs connection, we need to be willing to make some sacrifices in his name. So what does that look like for you? It's not everyone invited to every group, but what is it for you? How does God want to use you? You know, in college, I had a buddy, uh, but he wasn't a buddy at the time. See, there was this guy named Justin Rutson, and he was your classic, loud-mouthed, opinionated, squirrely Chicago kid. And I did not like him. And yet, I went to Upland Community Church, where I was going to serve uh, as a youth volunteer, and I was going to help them lead their worship team. And I got out of my car with my guitar, and I look across the parking lot, and I see Justin Rutson with a guitar getting out of his car. And I had this thought of like, I'm going to kill him. We're going to literally battle. And the one person's going to walk away dead. And the other person is going to take over this church. And I had this thought. And then I was like, you know what? No, that's not what God calls me to. I can either fight this guy to the death or I can choose to love him and make him my best friend. And me and Justin went on to become great friends. He's one of the few people I still talk to from college. And he knew my wife before I did. And Without his friendship, I don't know if we ever would have met each other. Sometimes God just wants you to take that step, and you never know what he's going to do with it. But what we do know is that everybody needs connection. Everybody wants somebody to love. So what are you willing to do to find that connection for yourself or for somebody else? And if you're one of those people still looking for your people, If you're on the periphery and you feel disconnected, whether you're joining us online or you're in this room, my question for you is, are you willing to stay when things get messy? You know, building community is hard. It certainly is messy. (laughs) Sometimes you get lucky and you make lifelong friends doing the things you already love and it feels easy. Sometimes you just get what you were hoping for. The pathway to connection is paved in gold, but that is the exception rather than the rule. As you build the necessary community that you need, often you're doing it with people that are different than you. And so you're going to get pushed. Iron sharpens iron, and that happens more when you're different than each other, but you have to push through the uncomfortable and the challenge. If we're going to be a church that tries to partner and reach people in a culture that is different than ours, we have to be willing to get messy. We have to be willing to not just say, you know what, this is too messy and hard, I'm out. We have to shut the back door and say, I'm going to clean up this mess together with you. Are you willing to stay when it gets messy and see what God creates. Because more often than not, he takes something messy and makes something beautiful. I mean, look at the group that Jesus started with, right? Consider those first disciples. You think that wasn't messy? He took fishermen, tax collectors, zealot, and brothers and put all that and shook it up, 
right? He took those people to Pharisees' houses. He took them to leper colonies. He took them to, to prostitutes. Like, he, he was in the, you know, not what it sounds, but he was in, in a relationship with all these people, with this group of, like, that is a recipe for a mess. And that became the church. And so what are we afraid of? What's our excuse? The church started with the messiest of circumstances. So as a church, can we commit, let's close the back door. Let's sit at the table and let's embrace this mess. Let's embrace the messy family meal of community. You know, I don't know if you've had this experience in Minnesota, but growing up in New Jersey, uh, my family would rent a, a house down the shore, which is the ocean, for those of you who don't know what the shore is. Uh, we, we'd rent this beach house, and I remember we would have dinner, and my aunts and uncles would sit at the table, my cousins, my parents, we'd all come around and have dinner. And again, I don't know if you have this experience in Minnesota, but at this dinner, someone would say something wildly inappropriate, just horrifying, right? And someone would be like, oh, come on, you can't say it. Like, ah, oh, like there would be a, we were Italian, so it was loud. And, and sometimes someone would get up and walk away from the table. But the next night, everybody's back at the table. That's what family looks like. It's not pretending like nothing happened. It's saying this is messy, but we're going to come back to the table. Isn't that what the church is supposed to be? Isn't that the kind of community that we want to build here at Emmanuel? That's family. And if you're all in, if you have gone from guest to regular, if you've built relationships and you have friends here, if you're a friend of Emmanuel, if you have gone through all those steps and you consider this family, you know, some of you who are here and some of you who are joining us, you guys are at more things than I am, right? I show up to things and then I look at pictures and I'm like, how is Scott at that thing too? He is everywhere. Some of you guys are family and you have connections and you have the opportunity to make this place that kind of community. You have done what we've asked and you've said, I'm all in. And so if you're a friend and you wanna take the next step to family, then become a member. Say, I'm all in. We do a membership renewal every year because we want people to consistently make the choice and say, you know what, I'm all in. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make this a Jesus community. And when it comes to connection, that means embracing the mess and welcoming people, whether they're easy to love, whether your community is good, or not, saying, come on in and sit next to me because of Jesus. Jesus said this in John chapter 13, verse 35. By this, all people will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. They will know we are Christians by our love, and so will we. We will know this is a Christian community by the love that we give to one another. And so whether you're a guest with us or you've been with us a few times, we wanna get you more connected. And if you're a friend or if you're family, then let's commit to making that happen. Let's be a community that is known by the love that we have for one another, not just the niceness, the true, vulnerable, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to help you see Jesus kind of love that we're capable of. If we want the outside world to see Jesus in our community, then we have to love each other like Jesus within our community. It starts here, and it starts with us. 
but from here it can spread. If we do this right, if we build a community where people become family, not because of what they've done, but because of what he's done, that's the kind of thing that's contagious. And that's the kind of legacy that we hope to leave. It's going to be messy, but it's going to be real and authentic. And our mission as a church is to build a real, authentic community where more people are becoming more like Jesus. That's what we want to invite you to if you're a guest or a regular. And if you're friends and family, let's do it. Let's take whatever step we need to to make this more that kind of place. Because when we do this right, it's where we get to, under the banner of the cross and the empty tomb, we get to see what communal forgiveness looks like. We get to lift up the weak and exhibit patience with others. We get to see healing and freedom and carry one another's burdens and pray for each other. The real deep needs that we have. We can pray for that together. Jesus in John chapter 15, two chapters after John chapter 13, where he said, you'll know we're Christians by our love, says, this is my commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. And greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. It's hard to put that verse into practice if you don't have any friends, guys. It's just true. That verse implies community. And so we need community. Join a team. Join a small church. Come to Juarez this summer. Introduce yourself to the person next to you or someone in the donut line if you come to church or shoot an email to me or Katie and find out a way to connect. Join us at Compassion Clinic. Come on April 1st to the game night. Just don't settle for the back door and don't settle for however your community is now. Ask, how is God calling me to make this a more Jesus-like community? Don't settle for everything staying the way it is because we need everyone to be a part of it. We need to find more ways to find more people to love to make this more the kind of community that makes more people like Jesus. And that means we have to be vulnerable and take a step and find some people that remind you that, you're, that you belong and that you're loved. And so find your people so together we can make great the name of Jesus. God, I pray that these would not be empty words for us that this wouldn't just be a motivational speech to talk to someone, but that you would partner with this, that you would convict us of who needs a friend, who needs a moment, and how you want us to be vulnerable. May we be a community that represents you well, that is truly known by our love. In Christ's name, amen.